Do you have a home church? Are you looking for a place that you can bring your family to and receive love and encouragement? Then welcome to Pikeville Apostolic Church, where you'll find love and encouragement from the pulpit to the pew. You'll be inspired and encouraged by the atmosphere of praise and worship as our praise team ushers you into the presence of the Lord. No matter where you are on your journey in life or your journey with the Lord, you'll find what you're looking for at Pikeville Apostolic Church. Get ready for another powerful study in the Word as Pikeville Apostolic Church airs their midweek Bible study on their Facebook page located at Pikeville Apostolic. You can join us every Tuesday evening at 7.30 p.m. and join us for in-person services on Sundays at 2 p.m. The church is located at 4754 Raccoon Road, Raccoon, Kentucky. If you don't have a home church, come on out and make Pikeville Apostolic Church your home church. Let's now join Pastor McKinney as he takes us through another study in the Word. Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to another Tuesday night Bible study right here at Pipeway Apostolic Church. Glad you could join us tonight for another study in the Word. We hope that you've had a blessed day and a beginning of a blessed week, kind of on the cool side here in East Kentucky, but... Well, fall of the year is in the air. It even snowed some in North Carolina mountains. So, yeah, we didn't get snow, but it got a little cool. Uh, but nevertheless, glad that you've joined us today. Hope that you will stick around as we have uh, some uh, uh, singing. We're going to play a song that the CAC praise team learned uh, this past Sunday. Very powerful song. Got some uh, anointed, powerful words to it that I think will be a blessing to us tonight as we have gathered together to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And uh, we want to uh, remind everyone of upcoming announcements, and we need to make an announcement of a service cancellation. Uh, this Sunday, this Sunday, there will be no church at PAC. No church at Pipeful Apostolic Church this Sunday. So if you know somebody that was uh, wanting to come or somebody who was uh, thinking about coming or maybe someone who hasn't been there in a while and uh, you just want to make sure that they know that we're not having any service at Pipeful Apostolic Church, the congregation uh, wants to come over for our homecoming service at CAC. So uh, we want you to... Uh, be a part of that and enjoy that. So no service at Pipeful Apostolic Church this Sunday. But this Sunday we are going to be gathered together at uh, Cornerstone Apostolic Church and also on Saturday night. So keep that in mind. Saturday, October the 21st, that's this Saturday, 7 p.m. Brother George Scott's going to be with us. Sunday, October the 22nd, 11 a.m., that's this Sunday. Brother George Scott's going to be with us. Harvest Time Crusades, always a great time to come on over and be with us at CAC. Friday, November the 17th, 7 p.m., Brother Buddy Puckett. Saturday, November the 18th, 7 p.m., Brother James Chesser. And Sunday, November the 19th, 11 a.m., Brother Michael Moppin. And uh, we just want to uh, remind everyone of those services. And, of course, we have a New Year's Eve celebration coming up, and that will be uh, in the... Uh, that will be in the uh, in the nine o'clock range, nine to after midnight, 
on the 31st, which I think is a uh, Sunday night this year. That's right. It's a Sunday night. And so we want to let you know about that. Well, uh, let's see what else we got here. Of course, we got our our prayer requests, and we want to uh, remember all of our prayer requests here at Pipeful Apostolic Church. We've had several that have been added to the list over the past little bit. So let's uh, go ahead and go through these. Doug and Kathy Kendrick, Marie and Jennings Norman, and Norman Dameron, Belinda Justice, Danny Scott, Gina Bryant, Zinley Francis, Brenda Fraley, Diane Atkins, David Justice, and uh, also let's just remember all of those that uh, uh, are going to be traveling this uh, weekend, and some are going to be traveling out of town, and some be traveling over to CAC here in Phelps, Kentucky, and uh, so we want to be in much prayer for all the safe trips. Well, we're glad that you've joined us today, and you can connect with us in many different ways. You can uh, catch our radio broadcast every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. on WQHYFM 95.5 out of Prestonsburg, Kentucky. You can also go to Q95FM.net. Click on the Listen Live link Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m., whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's Q95FM.net. You can also watch the Apostolic Voice of Phelps television broadcast Sundays at 2 and 2.30. Simply go to cornerstoneapostolic.org, click on the uh, Listen Live link, or you can actually go to your local stations on WQCW-TV, that's the Tri-State CW, or you can simply go to mountaintopmedia.com in case you don't get those... uh, you know, satellite service and television stations. You can always watch it online. Well, uh, also, we'd like to let you know that you can uh, follow us on the web at pipeforapostolic.org. Our website has got a new look to it, so be sure when you are emailing people, put that in the bottom of your email. Um, Let people know it's out there. It's got a lot of good pertinent information going on. Let's remember Facebook page, of course, if you're watching Facebook Live right now, you know where it's at. It's Pike for Apostolic. And you can find us on Twitter at Pike UPC. Also, if you would like to call in and leave your prayer requests and praise support, you can do that at 606-262-7000. And you can also email those to prayer at pikeforapostolic.org or to me, pastor at pikeforapostolic.org. And, of course, if you would like to... Uh, Start getting texts and updates. Maybe we got a cancellation, rescheduling, technical difficulties, something happens, we can't get on the air, and you're wondering, I wonder if the broadcast is going to air today or tonight or or a special service that's going to happen. Well, you don't have to wonder anymore. Just get your phone out, and just like you see on the screen, text at PACUPC, at PACUPC to the number 81010. You'll be put on the list. You won't get any text from me except for things that pertain to uh, Pipeful Apostolic Church. So don't think I'm going to text you and say, hey, how you doing? It's not going to happen. And uh, it's not for you to text back to me on. This is just strictly to deal with uh, the, um, you know, cancellation of services, rescheduling, technical difficulties. Never know why we can't get on the air here in East Kentucky. So 
it is to help us in that area. And, of course, uh, we want to um, uh, remind everyone uh, that uh, since wintertime is just around the corner, uh, if there is no school in Pike County, say on Monday due to snow, there'll be no service on Sunday. So that's kind of our rule of thumb, but we'll kind of keep everybody informed through emails, uh, of course, our way of texting and uh, different things. So uh, that's why it's important that you stay connected with us uh, with emails, uh, cell phones. We can send text. We can send emails. We can send text through this uh, program. It's called Remind, and grade schools, high schools, universities, colleges all over the U.S. use that app, and it's a very safe app. So we got some great stuff. I just feel excited about tonight's study because we're going to study a little bit about why the war, why the war, you know, why can't we be friends? Why can't we get along? Why can't uh, people seem to have peace in the Middle East? And hopefully we can find out a little bit about that tonight. And uh, we've been studying in Revelation in uh, the CAC Daily ICAST. So if you're watching those and catching up on those, you know that we're studying in the book of Revelation. We may mention a few things in Revelation tonight, but uh, we kind of want to stick with just the uh, understanding of why the war. So uh, with those prayer requests, if you want to put your prayer request in the comment section chat room or email those to us, uh, you know, or uh, send those to us by calling in and just leaving your prayer request at 606-262-7000, we'll get those as the broadcast goes on. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we ask him to bless the broadcast tonight and get glory from our lives. Let's pray. Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you for this opportunity that you blessed us to be gathered here together tonight in the middle of the week to study your word and to gather with Pikeful Apostolic Church and people from all across the U.S. and around the world. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us tonight, that you would get glory out of our lives, that everything we say, everything we do will bring honor unto you. I pray, Lord, that you would move in a mighty miraculous way for each and every one that is watching tonight. Maybe they have needs in their life. I pray that you would just go into their homes, begin to bring healing, deliverance, provision, whatever the need is, that they might receive it and give you honor. Lord, I pray that you would touch each and every one on our prayer list. You know their needs, their situations, and we know, Lord, all you got to do is speak a word and they can be made whole. Provision can be given things can turn around. And Lord, we ask it all in your mighty name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Also, we'd like to let you know that if you want to contribute uh, to Pipeful Apostolic Church, there's several ways you can do that. Uh, you can uh, go to the top of the Facebook page and you will see a link that you can click on and you can donate through PayPal and you can donate through Givelify. You can go to the website and click on the donate button and you can donate through that way. Or you can simply just send your, uh, and I'll try to bring this up, your check or money order to Pipeful Apostolic Church, 4754 Raccoon Road, Raccoon, Kentucky, 41557. So if you would like to start doing that, then uh, we would love to have you uh, help support uh, the work going on at Pipeful Apostolic Church. We 
We're remodeling the kitchen. We're getting ready to finish up the sheetrock hanging, uh, start mudding, then painting, and then start having Sunday school. And I'm excited about that because I believe that is when the church at Pipe is really going to grow. Uh, we have um, uh, just so many people that uh, w- have said they would bring their kids, uh, but we didn't have a Sunday school. And so uh, we're going to try to turn that around and get that going and get that department up and get some people over that so that um, it can run smoothly and everybody can uh, enjoy Sunday school. I love Sunday school. I always did, even as a kid, uh, going to Sunday school and not only just being a student in Sunday school, but I, I love teaching Sunday school. And uh, so it's always a good thing when you study the Word of the Lord. See those little kids bring all those little projects home to their parents and all of that, and it's just going to be a great time. So we're hoping to get back on track. Uh, COVID kind of derailed everything, and it seems like it's just been a struggle trying to get back on track and get started again. But we're working on it. We're working on it. So uh, with that said... Uh, as I said, we had a um, we had a uh, a new song that was learned uh, by the CAC praise team, and um, it's just a song that says uh, trust in God. And uh, you know, in a world we're living in that is so messed up and so uncertain, and uh, we don't know what tomorrow holds. Uh, who would have thought? You know two weeks ago that uh, this time we would be in such a uh, state of limbo of are we going to get involved in another war? Is World War III just around the corner? Uh, What's going to happen? Is the Lord coming back? All of these things. Well, we're going to uh, realize how swiftly time can uh, get out of reach and things can change. So, uh, This is just a song that says, Trust in God. So let's listen to the CAC praise team. He 
a new song that they learned, just simply trusting God. I love the words to that song. It just, uh, you know, I I sought the Lord and he heard my prayer. And, uh, you know, uh, just so many good words in that song. And uh, you'll probably hear that again this weekend. And uh, so uh, that's just one of the songs that I think has really uh, been an anointing that flew, uh, began to flow, not flew, but flowed. Uh, because if something flewed, that means it, uh, it flew past. It flowed. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, the anointing began to flow, and that was just a great, great uh, uh, song. And, and I felt the anointing in it again, even though it's on the recorded side now. But um, anyway, glad that you've joined us tonight, and we're getting ready to jump into the Word of the Lord, and we want to just uh, take our Bibles and open them up, if you will, to 1 Chronicles chapter 1, 1 Chronicles chapter 1, and we want to begin reading at verse number 28, 1 Chronicles chapter 1 and verse number 28. It says, the sons of Abraham, Isaac, and Ishmael. Now, notice how the uh, sons are mentioned. They're not mentioned according to birth. They're mentioned according to promise. Just keep that in mind because that's very important. The sons of Abraham, Isaac, and Ishmael. Well, I want to uh, speak to us and kind of talk to us a little bit tonight in the Bible study. Just simply, why Israel and Arabs, why Israel and Arabs can't get along? Why is there so much unrest in the Middle East? Why is Israel always in some type of conflict with Hamas, Hezbollah, who are these people? Who are these people that, that so hate Israel so much they want Israel wiped off the face of the earth? Who are these people? Well, hopefully tonight we'll give you some answers, and hopefully you'll understand why there will always be conflicts in the Middle East until the Lord comes back and takes his people home, and uh, then there's a new heaven and a new earth, New Jerusalem, if you will, coming down from God out of heaven. It's going to be a great day, and I don't believe it's going to be long. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we study why Israel and Arabs can't get along. Let's pray. Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you for this opportunity that you have given us to study your word. I pray, Lord, that you would help us as we study your word tonight, that we will take the word line upon line, precept upon precept, and we'll be able to expound it fully so that we can all leave here knowing why there's so much unrest in the Middle East, why that Israel is always being attacked, always being persecuted, always being surrounded with threats and, and uh, other things that are happening. Lord, I just pray that you would give us the wisdom to speak it tonight, and we'll all leave inspired looking for your coming because we know you are soon to come. For it's all in the mighty name of Jesus we ask and pray. Amen, amen. When you... 
go back into the book of Genesis uh, and you begin to follow through with some of the things going on in uh, the Old Testament, I want to just kind of uh, take you to Genesis chapter 25 and verse number 9 because uh, this is uh, just a verse, if you will, that just says this. His sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave of Machpelah in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar, the Hittite, which is before Mamre. Um, Notice what it says there at the beginning. And this may be, and I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying this is one if not the only one of the few times that Isaac and Ishmael did something together. And what were they doing? They were burying Abraham, their father. The only time they came together was to bury the patriarch, to bury the the one through which the promise was was given the one who was going to be the father of many nations when Abraham died they came together to bury their father now we could talk a little bit about that and talk about how that sometimes the only time uh, friends and enemies get together is if they're burying the same uh, thing that is important to them or has some connection to them But um, I want to stick to just talking about the conflict in the Middle East today. When you look at what happened uh, Saturday a week ago, um, Hamas came in across the border of Israel, which, by the way, had a fence, and they came through, and they just began to slaughter anybody they came in contact with. Women, children, babies, parents, grandparents, old, young, did not matter. Age was immaterial. Their, their, um, their desire and their agenda was not just to inflict pain or have war, but to inflict the worst pain and start a war that I'm not so sure they realize what they've started. You, you heard the old saying that when you open a can of worms, you know, you, you open a can of worms and it just seems like it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Uh, you can't do nothing with it. Uh, well, that's what they've done. And, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu uh, has said that uh, they will not stop until every Hamas is uh, killed. They're going to wipe out every Hamas person, person who's connected to Hamas. So with that said, uh, we know that this war is not going to just all of a sudden end in a big peace treaty. It's not going to all of a sudden just wind down and and back off. Um, The threat is right now that 
not only are they looking to have ground troops go into uh, uh, you know into Gaza and eradicate Hamas, but now the northern part of Israel, which is border to southern Lebanon, Hezbollah, which is just another faction of Hamas, Hezbollah, ISIS, Iran, Iraq, all of those Arab countries, all Arab countries, remember that, um, are now uh, saying that they will uh, start a war coming in from the north if they go in to the Gaza Strip with on the ground troops. Then Iran has thrown their hat in the ring and said that they better not go into, you know, Gaza uh, because uh, they will pay. And so uh, I don't understand why the U.S. has uh, not just stood up and said, yeah, Iran is behind all of this and and funding this and 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 agitating this, if you will. But looking at the Arab countries, uh, where did they come from? Where did the Arab countries come from, and where did Israel come from? Well, you have to go to the Bible. To look for the reason this conflict is going on, you don't have to do much more than just read your Bible because it's a fascinating book. It is something that will tell you exactly why the things are happening in the Middle East on a scale of which they're happening. Of course, we all know that the Bible says that when you see Jerusalem compassed about with armies, then look up your redemption's drawing nigh. There's going to be wars and rumors of war. There's going to be all sorts of evil and dangerous time, perilous times, and that has proven out time and time again. What does that mean? That means the Lord is coming soon. Now, a lot of people says, well, you know, he may not come today, he may not come tomorrow, he may not come next week, and that's all true. He may not. That's entirely up to him. But I don't want to get into the frame of mind, like the Bible says, that people just say, everything's still continuing. Where's the promise of his coming? Everything's still the same. Nothing's changed. Where be all of his miracles we heard about and his promise of his coming and all these things? Just show us, show us how, you know, what we should be looking for because everything's still the same. So what I want to kind of give us tonight is something that will help us not get uh, sidetracked and thinking, well, you know, this war's been going on in the Middle East for a long time, and uh, Israel's always had problems, and the Palestinians has always come against the Israelites, and they've always had conflict in the Middle East, and and then we start thinking, well, since all that's happening, they don't used to get excited or nothing to think about the coming of the Lord. It's kind of like when 9-11 happened. Remember when 9-11 happened? And now all of a sudden everybody wanted everybody to start praying. It's like Congress says everybody pray. The president says pray. The, the senators and congressmen are saying pray. And And 
it was like people was going to church that hadn't been to church ever. And some hadn't been in years. And they started going to church. And then it seems like after just a few months, everything started just fading away. The concern, the fear, uh, you know, everything started returning back to normal. If you can say normal, I know that there's uh, all those families that had loved ones that have passed away not only on 9-11 but through cancer and disease uh, because of 9-11. They're not going to ever say things got back to normal, and rightly so. But if we could just say in terms that as things started getting back to some normalcy, People quit going to church. People quit praying. There was no more a cry for everyone to pray. There was no more a gathering for people to come to church and, and to give their life to the Lord. It just seems as if things just kind of dwindled away. Concern, fear, all those things just kind of dwindled. This is what I'm afraid is going to happen here, that after we go through a certain time period and whatever war takes place and whatever destruction happens and whatever conflict breaks out and whatever, if it's World War III, if it's something that draws more countries in to the battle, that somehow when everything starts kind of backing off a little bit or maybe not happening when people think it should that they start losing interest they quit looking for the coming of the Lord and they they are quit um, you know worrying about their soul and when preachers say that the Lord's coming back it becomes something that just falls on deaf ears when preacher says we better get ready People just keep sitting there, almost like they're in a daze, unaffected by the preaching of the word, the teaching of the word. I remember back in the day, and it ain't been that long ago, when I first started serving the Lord in the 80s, that you, you began to preach about the coming of the Lord, and people was excited, and people shouted, and people praised the Lord. And then you would talk about uh, the Lord uh, giving somebody a healing. And, man, you couldn't even contain the service. A lot of times the service just took on a, a life of its own. And the preacher just had to sit back and, and let everybody shout and praise the Lord and glorify the Lord and, and then pick up from there. But today it seems to be different. Today it seems to be different. It seems to, that... Uh, people are not as eager to hear the word or to respond to the word. They're not as eager to respond. There's more to responding to the word than just repenting. There's more to responding to the word than just getting baptized in Jesus' name. There's more to responding to the word than just getting filled with the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in other tongues as a spirit gives the utterance. There's more. And, and people need to realize we need to respond to the word. 
We need to respond. When the preacher preaches the Lord is coming, we ought to get excited about, you know, it's kind of like if, if one of your relatives have been gone and, and been gone for a long time and you hadn't seen them in a long time and all of a sudden they show up and you're all excited because they came to where you were. That's what we need to be when we hear about the coming of the Lord. Get excited about Jesus. Oh, I never want to get complacent. I never want to get kind of withdrawn. But I want to always be excited when I hear the word of the Lord. When we hear of wars and rumors of wars, that still should strike fear in the hearts of the lost, the backslider, and those that are not ready to see the Lord and meet the Lord. It still should stir people when you hear of wars and rumors of wars. Any other time, if this, what is going on with Israel right now, had been a hundred years ago, I guarantee churches would be packed out. They would be packed out with people crying, seeking the Lord, wanting to get closer to the Lord. They would be praying in their homes. They wouldn't be worried about all of this frivolous, worldly stuff that's going on in the world. I've never seen so many Christians that are so wrapped up in the world, but yet claim, I came out from the world. But they're so wrapped up in the world. You see, if this had happened 100 years ago when Hamas would have come in, killed over 1,200 you know, Israelites, men, women, babies. People would have immediately thought, we got to get ready. We got to get close to Jesus. We better be looking up because our redemption is drawing nigh. But it seems like today this is just another chapter in the wars that's been going on for years and years and years. But don't let the devil fool you into thinking this is just another war, just another conflict, just another, you know, faction of rebellious people in the Middle East coming against Israel again. Because we need to understand what is behind this. We, we can look at it and say, well, you know, Hamas is this, and, you know, uh, Palestine uh, Palestinians is this, and Gaza Strip is this, and belongs to them, and this, and they're kind of hemmed in and and blocked out, and all that. And you you can you can make your talking points, but the bottom line is why is there always a conflict between Israel and the Arab nations? Why is it always that huge region? that has it in for little old Israel. Now think about it. Israel is just a speck on the map compared to all of the other Arab countries surrounding it. But something's interesting. Hitler tried to annihilate the Jews, and he couldn't. All these Arab nations have been at war with Israel, 
since Israel's been a nation and even before. And they can't conquer it. Why is that? Wouldn't you think that some small country should be easy to take? Not if God's not with you. Remember when uh, the children of Israel got a little, uh, you know, briggedy about their uh, fighting and and uh, they they had uh, taken some stuff they weren't supposed to take. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Lord told them to go up and fight. And so they thought, well, this is just a small city. We don't have to send everybody up there because it's just a small town, AI. It's just a small place. So we, we can take that with our, as the old country guy used to say, I can whoop you with one arm tied behind me and the other, and, you know, hanging down. But uh, they thought they could. But the Lord was not with them. That's why Israel is still standing today, because the Lord is with them. That's right. When you read the Bible, you're not reading about God and the Gentiles. No, you're reading about God and Israel. You're reading about Israel, God's chosen people. Oh, we got brought in. Why? Because they were unbelieving and rebellious. And that's the only reason we're in. So don't start bragging and say, well, praise God, it's all about us Gentiles. We we got it going. We know how to have church and we know how to, you know, do this. We know how to have revival. No, we wasn't the first choice. We're only in this family because we're adopted. We weren't born in it. Which brings us back to the points, the two points I want to make. I want to talk about Ishmael, who was the firstborn of Abraham. Now, we that read our Bible know the story. Um, Abraham was given a promise that you're going to have you know, a son, you're going to have uh, seed, you're going to have, uh, you know, families of the of the earth, nations are going to be of you, and, and here he is childless. So they get this big idea. Well, me and Sarah can't have no children, so since it's not working out that way, we got a handmaid here, Hagar. Well, uh, yeah, go ahead, Abraham. Just, just go ahead with Hagar. At least we'll have a son. And they did have a son. Wasn't the promised son. Wasn't what God intended. Wasn't even God's plan. Ishmael was born. Now notice, Ishmael is the firstborn of Abraham. But look at what uh, the Bible says in Genesis 1 and verse 28 when it talks about the sons of Abraham it doesn't say Ishmael and Isaac it says Isaac and Ishmael now I would like to submit to us the reason I feel that is done like that is because Isaac was the promised child he was the intended heir Ishmael was not the heir. 
Ishmael was not the one that the promise was about. It was, it was Isaac. So the Lord still has it written. The children of Abraham, the sons of Abraham, Isaac first, and then Ishmael. Now, wouldn't it make you mad? Now, I'll just kind of throw this in here. Why, you know, the Middle East just can't get along. Why Israel and the Arabs can't get along. Wouldn't it kind of make you mad if you was the oldest, the firstborn, and uh, the lastborn was the one that got everything? That, isn't that kind of the way it works in America? The baby gets, uh, the family gets everything. The oldest one, you know, oh, we're happy for the oldest and we rejoice and all this. But it seems like the baby gets everything. Well, with that said, wouldn't it kind of make you mad if you was the oldest and in line for all the inheritance and all of the, uh, let's just put it in terms we can understand. You're going to get the savings account, the checking account, the cars, the house, the land. But then all of a sudden, here's this person that's not even not even a full brother just a half brother it is is now uh the firstborn you know the firstborn and he he should get all of the inheritance and all that you know the birthright and all those things but he didn't and the reason being is because he was not the promise. He was not the promise, and he was not the one that was the inheritance of Abraham, the, the one who would receive the inheritance. With that said, kind of get our little comparison going. Ishmael's the oldest, should be getting all the recognition, all the you know, honor, all the praise, and all the money and the bank account and the houses and the land. But here, Isaac's getting it. But wait a minute, Ishmael, wait a minute. I'm the firstborn, Ishmael. Ishmael's the firstborn. And he probably went to Abraham and said, wait a minute, Dad, you're messing up here. I know you're a little old and not thinking straight, but I'm the firstborn. No, no. You might be the firstborn in the natural, but you're not the promise. You might be the one that that uh, came in this world first, but you're not the one that's to receive the inheritance and all of the families of the earth be blessed. So wouldn't that make you mad if you was Ishmael and here's Isaac getting all the recognition and, and uh, all the love and all the concern and all of the uh, making over Isaac? Sure you would. That's why the Arab nations, which come from Ishmael, are always fighting Israel. People say, why can't they just get along? Why can't they just call it quits? Why can't they just, uh, you know, settle down over there and, and not uh, get in all of that, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> all of that conflicts every time you turn around? It goes farther than a hundred years. 
It goes farther than a thousand years. It goes farther than 2,000 years. It goes all the way back to Abraham. Now we see, look at what happens. When when, uh, Abraham's two sons are mentioned, it's not Ishmael and Isaac. It's Isaac and Ishmael. Wouldn't that make you mad? Of course it would. That's why Ishmael, the Arab nations... And I just want to read something to you because I think it's uh, I think it's important that we kind of just grab onto this because uh, when you look at um, uh, this uh, particulars in the conflict between Isaac and Ishmael, two nations, you know, two nations, uh, of course, coming against each other. But look at what happens with Jacob and Esau. Two nations, but they're at each other. And then Jacob becomes Israel. So you look at you look at Isaac and Ishmael, you have problems. That's right. You look at Isaac and Ishmael, and you have problems. And then you look at um, you look at uh, uh, Jacob and Esau, and you got problems. And it, it just seems like that that because of the mistake made with Abraham, it created an atmosphere of war, an atmosphere of jealousy, an atmosphere, because remember, uh, was it not jealousy that got Hagar and Ishmael kicked out of the family? Sure it was. Because Sarah says, you know, Hagar's making fun of me again today, Abraham. Well, what's she doing to you? Well, she's saying, I can have children and you can't. She's making fun of me again. Jealousy war going on within the family and and trying to destroy the unity of the family here is Ishmael and Hagar Sarah and then Isaac is born and now they're button heads now they're button heads somebody's got to go you know what Abraham didn't kick Isaac out Abraham didn't kick Sarah out. No, it was Ishmael and Hagar. So when you look at this and you see how everything began to unfold, um, this uh, conflict going on today between Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran, all the Arab nations, and coming against Israel is because of jealousy, because of, uh, of feeling that they were pushed out of inheritance. They were, they were done wrong. Remember how that Israel should give up Gaza and Israel should give up, you know, uh, other places and, and let Palestine have a, a, a state? part of Israel 
Remember how everybody talks about that? Listen when people talk, especially people that know what they're talking about. They're, they're always talking about how, oh, that should be a two-state. Our president, our own president even said it. I think they should be a, 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 a Palestinian state. There should be a two-state in that region of Israel. No. Why shouldn't they be? Because the promise was to Isaac. Through Isaac comes, that's right, Jacob. Jacob becomes Israel. And therefore, Israel, the state, the nation, is a direct result of the promise of God. That's why nobody's taking it out. That's why they fight and win battles. They have fought battles that looked almost impossible and came out victorious. And as long as the U.S. combines with Israel, I think we will be blessed. But the moment we turn our back on Israel, we'll be in trouble. So with this, I want to show us something else. Not only when it mentions the sons of Abraham, Isaac first, Ishmael. Okay? Then we go to 1 Chronicles chapter 1 and verse 30. And... Uh, I want to, uh, I guess, go to 34. It talks about the sons of Ishmael. The sons of Ishmael. Now, with all of that said, I think it's important that you understand Isaac had sons, Ishmael had sons. But you're going to see the promise through Isaac and Jacob. You're not going to see the promise through Ishmael and his sons. That's why when you look at this, you begin to see and you begin to understand how important it is that we understand this conflict, this war. It's more than a conflict. It's war. The Arab-Israeli War. Genesis 15, verses 19 19 through 21, it lists 10 ancient nations that once inhabited Canaan who opposed the intrusion of Abraham's descendants after their exodus from Egypt. None of those nations exist today, but their descendants do. This is why the conflict continues. You see, uh, David, when he got ready to fight Goliath, he got him five smooth stones. Why? Goliath's got four brothers. You fight one family member, you got to keep fighting them all. That's why, you know, the, the ten nations, ancient nations that are mentioned that inhabit, once inhabited Canaan, now they don't even exist, but their relatives do, their descendants do. And this descendants does not like... The Jews. Why? They're Arabs. They come from, let's go all the way back to Ishmael again. Ishmael and his descendants. And here you've got 
Jacob who becomes Israel that now we see through his sons the nation, the 12 tribes of Israel, if you will. And the nation would be blessed. But Arabs could also be called Ishmaelites. That's right. They came from the descendants of Ishmael, the son of Abraham by Hagar. Now, um, you know, uh, God had promised Abraham a son, and Sarah said, oh, you're going to have, you, you're not even going to be able to number the kids and descendants you're going to have. If you could number the stars, that's how many it will be. If you could number the sands of the sea, that's how it's going to be. And yet, and yet, here we see Sarah offering Hagar to Abraham as a surrogate for a son. Just go ahead and take Hagar, and then Ishmael was born. When Ishmael was born, Ishmael was born, and so was trouble. Not just for the family. Remember we talked about the family falling out? I'm going to tell you something about step families and, and half families. It's hard to get everybody together and dwell in unity. I'll just, I'll just be up front with you. It's hard to get everybody to dwell in unity because there's always jealousy. Oh, they're being treated better than I am. They get more than I do. They're, uh, you know, uh, highly favored. Remember Joseph and his brothers? Yeah, Joseph got the coat of many colors. All of his brothers now mad at him, want to kill him, but instead decide to throw him in a pit and sell him to the people passing by. But look at this. Look at this. Because we see that Sarah grew resentful of Hagar as time went on. Hagar was driven out of the family. So now you got a family split. Why wouldn't the Arabs be mad at Israel? The Arabs got kicked out of the family. They got kicked out of the family. So if you got kicked out of your family, wouldn't you be upset if every time you saw your brother, you saw him dressed nice, driving a nice car, living in a nice house, talking to his friends of how good he's got it? You're over here battling and scrabbling and hunting and just trying to make ends meet. Could have been mine. <laughs> you reckon Ishmael ever said that could have been mine? But look, let's let's dig a little deeper into this. Why Israel and the Arabs can't get along? Now, when you look at this. Uh, Sarah grew resentful. Uh, there was conflict. Fun was made. Division was happening. Finally, Hagar and Ishmael have to go. Okay? So Sarah, Sarah then conceived a son by Abraham. And, of course, we know that's Isaac, who became the inheritor of God's covenant promises with Abraham or to Abraham. It was through Isaac, not Ishmael, that God's blessings flowed. That's enough to keep conflict going in the Middle East. Israel's blessed. They're a small country. 
They're just a speck on the map, but they're still being blessed. They still have tourism. They still have people that want to come from all over the world just to visit and see the Holy Land. They had Jesus. Oh, you start looking at all that, no wonder. No wonder the Arab country, the Muslims, the ones that's worshiping Muhammad and false gods and false leaders and false teachers are now jealous because, hey, Israel not only was blessed to receive Abraham's inheritance and God's blessings, but now Jesus. Jesus shows up, Savior of the world. No other Arab country claims that, claims title to that. No other Arab country claims title to one who gave his life on a cross and shed his blood and was buried and on the third day rose again. All of their gods that were men are still buried and all their gods that was out of wood and stone never had any life to them anyway. So let's look at this just for a moment in closing tonight. Sarah urged Abraham to drive out Hagar, um, you know, and her son away from the family. And, uh, but God took care of Hagar and her son. Uh, God just didn't let them go out and die. Uh, you know, they were thirsty and they were ready uh, to perish. And that's, of course, when that spring of water began to just come up and, and they could get refreshed. God just didn't let them die. But also he didn't bless them like he blessed Isaac, Jacob who became Israel. Now, God promised Hagar that her son would become the uh, person who would be a great nation, and he did. And Isaac, together, buried their father, as we read in Genesis 25 and 9. But look again, one more time, just to remind us that his sons, and notice who was said first, Isaac and Ishmael. Shouldn't it have been Ishmael and Isaac? According to genealogy, yes. According to promise, no. So you will always see that. That's very important. And then we see that after they buried their father when he died, after Ishmael's death, his descendants lived in hostility toward all their brothers. And that's in Genesis chapter 25 and verse number 18. Lived in hostility toward all their brothers, Ishmael's descendants, the Arab nations, still to this day, live in hostility toward all their brothers. Isaac's descendants are Jews and Ishmael's are Arabs. And the centuries-long conflict between the two people has its origin in Abraham and Sarah's unwillingness to trust in God and wait for the promise. This is why it's so important that we understand in closing today that we understand how important it is that we wait upon the Lord. Don't 
try to get ahead of God. Don't think you got God's will figured out if God has not given you a precise understanding of what to do. If you're in the valley of decision, stay there until you get an answer from the Lord. If you're, if you're in a place right now, you're thinking, should I quit this job and take this job? If you don't have clear direction from the Lord, don't make a move. We see the conflict going on with Hamas, Hezbollah, all of the Arab countries against Israel. Why? Because of Ishmael and Isaac. It all started with Abraham not waiting upon God. Abraham and Sarah was up in age. And I tell you what, when, when we get to where we think we can't control things or it looks impossible, I mean, how impossible does it look that old people's going to have young'uns? But you know what? When it looks impossible, that's when God likes to step in and do something great. That's why if you're facing an impossibility tonight, just wait on the Lord. He's going to step in. I believe that all of this conflict going on that we know about right now between Israel, Hamas, Hezbollah, the other Arab countries, it's still another stepping stone closer to the coming of the Lord. So don't give up. There's a song that me and my wife would sing, and it just simply says, don't give up. He is coming. Though we don't know the hour nor the day, creation moans, groans. The earth, she groans. Men's hearts, they fail with fear. The Spirit speaks unto the church. Wake up. That time is near. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that tonight we have studied your word, understanding a little better why there's a conflict going on between Israel, Hamas, Hezbollah, other Arab countries. Realizing the importance of these wars that's ushering us closer to your coming. Help somebody get rekindled, revived. Some backslider come back to you before it's everlasting too late. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to understand that while Abraham and Sarah made the mistake of moving ahead, not waiting on you, help somebody today Maybe they've made the same mistake. They moved without knowing your will. They did something without following through and waiting for you. Help them to get back on track. And if someone is in need of an answer today, help them to wait until they hear from you. Thank you, Lord, for the lesson today. I pray it's been a blessing to all. In the mighty name of Jesus, we ask and pray. Well, I certainly hope that you have enjoyed the teaching tonight. I've enjoyed bringing it to you. Why the uh, state of Israel, the nation of Israel, the people of Israel 
and the Arabs can't get along. It all goes back to Abraham. And if you read your Bible, it's a fascinating book. You'll find out all sorts of information of why we are faced with the things we're faced with today. And one other thing that we need to understand, we may not be able to pinpoint the day nor the hour that the Lord is coming back. But we have been told, we have been told that if we will, if we will um, look at the things the Bible says, it's going to come to pass. And if we're looking up, our redemption is drawing nigh. Keep looking up, church. Pipeway Apostolic Church, we've got to keep looking up. Revival's just around the corner. The Lord's coming is just around the corner. I want to be ready, don't you? Of course you do. Well, i got to get out of here and get some stuff done uh, tonight, and I know that you've had a long day. Some of you have worked, and some of you had a long day, and I'm going to let you go. But uh, always remember, coming up uh, this Saturday night, if you want to come and be with us Saturday night at 7 p.m., Brother George Scott's going to be with us Saturday night. And Sunday at 11, remember, 11 o'clock. That's the only service we're having, 11 o'clock. No service at PAC on Sunday. Come out and be with us at 11 o'clock. We're going to have a great time with Brother Scott. I know he's going to preach to us, and I know we're going to have some good food. So who doesn't like good preaching and good food? It goes together like, you know, uh, cereal and sugar. It goes together like, like sunshine and, and rain. I don't know if that's a good illustration or not, but it goes together. So, uh, yeah, come on out and be with us. And everybody have a great day and enjoy the rest of your evening because, after all, it is time for us to get out of here. That's right. we got to get out of here and uh, get some things done. So everybody have a great night. Do you have a home church? Are you looking for a place that you can bring your family to and receive love and encouragement? Then welcome to Pikeville Apostolic Church, where you'll find love and encouragement from the pulpit to the pew. You'll be inspired and encouraged by the atmosphere of praise and worship as our praise team ushers you into the presence of the Lord. No matter where you are on your journey in life or your journey with the Lord, you'll find what you're looking for at Pikeville Apostolic Church.